0: Hello, and welcome to Stuff Mom I Forgot to Tell You. I'm Monica Francois-Marcel, a Gen X founder, entrepreneur, and baseball mom based in Chicago. And I believe that if we're very lucky and work very hard, life will be long and it will be messy. So to help us with the mess and provide tips for longevity and joy on what lies ahead, each episode, I'm borrowing either the mother of a friend or a trusted mentor that I greatly admire. This is a diverse group of women who've been there and done that, and you are going to love their stories. My own mom isn't here anymore, so the stuff these women share is precious to me, and their cross-generational pearls of wisdom are just what we all need. I'm so excited for you to join us, so let's jump in. Our very first guest is my mother-in-law. Since my mother died 19 years ago, just a few months before I married her son, Marcella Monterosso has been there for the birth of my son, to the death of my dad, to my big decision this year to step away from LCW, the small business turned global DEI firm that's been the passion and focus for me for 22 years. She's the perfect person to kick us off, so let's get started. Hello and welcome. Marcella Monteroso to a uh, stuff mom I forgot to tell you how are you today? Oh,
1: I'm doing great. Doing great.
0: Thank you for agreeing to uh, be a part of this little passion project of mine and I think you know a little bit about why I'm doing it, which is that as I am now heading into my mid 50s and going through so much change, selfishly, I know that women like you have been through your own what do I know in your case, right? <laughs> your own uh, <laughs> trials and tribulations and I just really I'm trying to steal some of your wisdom and borrow it if I can. Um, not having my own mom around anymore. I am really envious of, you know, your wonderful daughter, my friend, my sister-in-law, Tracy, and just the ability that she has to kind of call you and get advice from you. And I know that you were also always there for me, but I did want to kind of do a little bit of a different take today and kind of use some questions that I may not have asked you about, or maybe I've asked you previously, but I'd love to get your take on them at this stage of your life, if I can. So let's get started. Uh, First one's going to be an easy one for you. All right. So tell us a little bit about your own mom and what
1: she wanted for you when you were growing up. I think she just wanted us to fit in because we were Mexican and we lived always lived in an all-white neighborhood. I think the thing was to fit in, uh, to be accepted, and to do the best that we can and look the best as we can. You grew up in Chicago, right? Yeah. I grew up in Chicago. Yes. All my life in Chicago.
0: And when you look back on when she thought about what she wanted for you, kind of as you became a woman and uh, kind of grew into adulthood, any thoughts on that in terms of how that may have shaped who you are today and what some of her goals might've been for you?
1: Well, my mother was not a talker. (laughs) <laughs> my mother my mother did not tell her feelings. I kind of just got things from her just by doing them things she's um wanted us to do um she gave me a lot she gave me a lot of responsibility because my mother worked and she worked all day and we would come home from school. she would tell me what time I had to start the dinner and I would cook. She never really sat me down and said, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. I guess I just learned from watching her. And I just picked it up. She like I said, she wasn't my mother was not a talker. She did not talk about her feelings. She did not show her feelings. She would just that's the way she was brought up. And unfortunately, I'm kind of like her. <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's very hard for me to show my feelings. But I, I try but it's very hard very hard. I'm not a huggy person. I'm not a kissy person, but I'm really, I think I advanced a little bit yet. It's this far in my life. I think I have gone a little farther than she has gone.
0: One thing I remember that you were telling me one time was about how she wanted you to make sure that you got a job with a pension.
1: Do you remember that story? Oh yes. Yes. Uh, that, That was very, that's a very good point because she did when I started graduating from high school, and I started working. She sat me down and she said, this is what you have to do. You have to have a backup. You cannot have a man take care of you. You have to take care of yourself. So make sure that you you go to a place and have a pension, you know, and good benefits. And that's exactly what I did. I, I was not a person who switched jobs because I was concerned about the benefits and, you know, about my pension. So I, I was I think about, I've had as an adult, maybe two jobs when I was, my mother was living, I had two jobs and I did not. And I only switched later in life when I, um, after she passed away, I switched jobs. But other than that, I had one job and I counted, you know, I counted that as my future because she really drilled that into me that you had to have a backup. You can't, depend on anybody but yourself. She was a very independent person, too. Actually, she was the head of the whole family. And, you know, her sisters that and that, she was the head. And she made sure that everybody was taken care of. I mean, I, I'm sure she told my aunts lots of stuff, but, but she really, really pointed out about me taking care of me. Well, you know, I think
0: uh, looking at your work ethic, I know you just retired about Gosh, Marcy, what was it, like a month ago? Yeah. And so yeah. you have worked this entire time. So one thing, whether it's her or you, maybe it's just you, that really is, in, is entrenched in you is your incredible work ethic, right? I mean, it's just it's amazing, and I wonder if that has partly to do with that. But if you look back you know, on your life so far, you've done a lot of things, and I think your answer to this question might be your kids or your grandkids, so I'm going to make you not choose them as I ask you this question. Other than your amazing children and your amazing grandchildren, what would you say that you're most proud of
1: in your life so far? My career, what I've done in my career, I have traveled, I have taught, all in the insurance business. I have been a boss. I have different stages in my career, and I'm very proud of them. I raised a family and I upped myself in my salary, and I was able to take care of my children. We didn't have a lot of money, but we it was better than if I i wasn't a person who had ambition and to wanted to better myself all the time. And my work ethic, even before I retired, was always, always do your best you can. You present yourself as best as you can. Do the best that you can, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how you're feeling, you always do more than a hundred percent.
0: Do you think that your, your kids know this work ethic of yours? That's, that's so extraordinary is one of the things you're most proud of. Have you talked about that with them ever?
1: No, I'm hoping they realize that because about how I worked and, and, and I was dedicated, I was dedicated. I enjoyed my work. I liked it a lot, but, um, like I said, I'm like my mother. <laughs> I don't I always easily express my feelings. It's, it's hard for me. So I think by doing things, I think hopefully my kids picked it up.
0: Well, I think, you know, just watching you, you're, you're an excellent role model for that. And uh, I think one of the things that you've also shown a lot of people out there is how to do it to your point um, independently and on your own. You know, I mean, you are, a tough woman who's been able to just do extraordinary things and now you've earned this retirement of yours. So let me ask you looking ahead. So you're tired. Ah, how exciting. No, I so, love it. I love it. I know. So what are you most looking forward to in the many, 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 I'm saying that for <laughs> everyone to hear for the, for, you know, your, your mom, my mom, everyone in heaven to hear everyone that's in charge. We want many years more with Marcy. What is it that you're most looking forward to in these many years left ahead of you?
1: Improving myself, and, pr- and to making my making myself more loving, more touchy. <laughs> I think that that's important to me. And getting more involved in my faith. My faith has brought me all this up to now, and it's still it's still bringing me more. And I think it's bringing me more now because I have more time to concentrate and to live. My life with my faith before I had my faith, but I actually didn't live my faith. And now, and in the future, I am open. When
0: I uh, think about you saying how you want to develop yourself more and improve yourself, it's it's pretty powerful because, you know, as I said, I know you, you're pretty great. One thing that you mentioned, I guess, pretty interesting, and I don't know how open you are to talking about this, but especially for your kids you know, I know you to be a very affectionate grandmother. I know you hug on and kiss my favorite photos that I have of you. Are you under a blanket snuggling with uh, your grandson, my son, Ash? We've even made puzzles of those before because I love those so much. And I hope I don't upset you. But I also know that wasn't necessarily how you were as much with your own kids. They know you love them, right? But it really wasn't, you know, as much when you look back. Is that part of what you're thinking about? And 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 I'm just curious, as recently you shared a story with me where you heard. Another family talk about, you know, intergenerationally, how there was a different level of affection from the grandma to the mom that really struck you, I think. So mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit more about why is that important to you at this stage? Why is having a little bit more of that affection show important now?
1: Because I didn't have it before because I didn't I wasn't capable of doing doing it. And that's where I want to improve. I want to get an emotional and I don't usually get emotional. But I want to mean more, mean more, they know I love them, but I want to show them that. Yeah. It is, it's very hard for me to do. It's hard oh, for me doing, to talk about it.
0: You're doing it right now? <laughs> you're doing it right now, right? Um, if, if Tracy's anywhere nearby and she'll be listening later, you know, she'll know. you're doing it right now. So, well, I think it's it's amazing that you are, out of all the things you could be prioritizing at this stage in your life, that you are reflecting on um, how you can be even more great than you are. And so, um, you know, kudos to you. And again, the, the grandkids feel it, the grandkids feel it.
1: Oh yeah, I, I, for some reason I am able to do it with my grandkids, but it's hard for me to do it with my own kids. There's no judgment
0: um, and your kids are great, right? So, but I like that at this stage in your life now, you're thinking about where you can go next. And I'm learning from you, right? About how at this stage, You can have a whole new list of things and a whole new list of enthusiasms. Speaking about me, I want to be selfish. So you know I'm (laughs) 53. And I'm curious. Now, think back, right? So you're a little older. When you think back on some of the things that you think women should do in their 50s. So maybe it's something that you didn't do, Marcella Monterosso. Maybe it's something that you did do. But what do you think that are some of the things that women should do in their 50s to set themselves up for a long life and well-being in the decades ahead? I've got time right now to kind of take stock of where I want to go next for the second half of life. And if you go back to when you were around my age, what are some things that you think either I or other women at this stage in their life should do?
1: Well, first of all, which I didn't do, but when I think about it now, things that I should have done, I think compromising is one of the things I didn't do. And I think women should compromise. Bo- both sexes compromise, just not one person. I think you should live your life thinking about the future, thinking about where you want to go, decide where you want to go and go for it and do everything that you can to accomplish your goal because life is short. Life is very short and you have to believe in yourself and you have to set that goal, what you want to be, and go for it. And I think that's what I would have told myself when I was your age. I would have said, what do you want to do with your life? At that time, raising my kids was the, the most important thing. And then I, I just didn't think about doing things. I, I didn't think about furthering an education. I didn't think about learning new things. And I think that women should, at this age, try and learn new things. So if anything happens, you are capable of doing anything. And you can do anything. Talk about support. You don't have to really have anybody to tell you these things. You should feel them, that you can support your own self. You can decide things by yourself. You don't really have to have anybody to tell you. And probably that's what I. I one of the things that I learned, that I don't need anybody's permission. I don't need to see if it's okay with this one or how I look or what I say. It's me that's important, and it's me that's going to make decisions. I have a little story about my daughter. Let's hear it. Okay, we were moving. I was moving to the senior living place, and we were shopping for things that I had to start all over, shopping and getting, you know, dressers and pictures and blah, blah, blah. And so we would go shopping, and she would pick something up and say, oh, my, this is really nice okay. I'd look at it and say, yeah, it's okay. And then she'd pick something else and I'd say, yeah, that's okay. But later on, later on in the same store, I would say to her, yeah, you know, I think that's a good idea. But that was me. I didn't want her to make that decision because I wanted to make this decision. And I thought about her opinion and I, and I like her opinion. So I decided what she wanted. which <laughs> What she decided on, I decided on. But that's another thing, just I just like to make my own decisions. One of the things I wanted to tell you, Monica, at your age and your stage of life, enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's not in quantity. It's in quality. So your decision should be quality. And what what else do I want to tell you? I want to tell you, you've been doing a very good job. (laughs) Now you make me cry. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. And, uh, I'm proud of my my son too, and you have a very nice little family, little family, and I love y'all. And I don't, I know, I don't tell you to say it all the time, but I do. Well, that's your, I do. That's your new thing for 2022, right? Eat the 2.0. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be well. My life has changed tremendously since Christmas, and it's going to keep on changing until I'm satisfied with what I am. And that's gonna take a long time. <laughs>
0: Now I know, but but for people, and when we look back on this, what is it that happened at Christmas that's really started to change for you? What were some of the
1: things that went into into uh, into place in, at Christmas? At Christmas time, my family kind of put a little bomb that exploded, and it exploded right in front of me, and it was the fact that they were thinking about that I shouldn't live alone anymore because I get sick a lot now, and I was li- I'm li- I was living in a really big house, and I shouldn't be alone in case something happened to me. Well, I never depended on anybody else. I never thought, oh, I need somebody to take care of me or watch out for me, and that wasn't the way I was brought up, and that's not the way I lived. So it was very difficult for me to hear them say that. And right away, I felt it inside, and I'm probably sure my face showed it, too, because my facial stuff shows a lot. And I was hurt. I was hurt, and I definitely, definitely would not do it. I would not do it. Again, somebody was making a decision for me. mm I, I, I couldn't accept that. I, I couldn't accept it. I got mad about it. Then I started changing a little bit, but not Totally. My daughter would take me to different places because I wanted, I had, my brother had dementia and I had to go with my sisters to find a place to put them. And all these places were very depressing. And there was no way that I was going to live in one of those places for the rest of my life. I don't, there was no way. So I wasn't happy about doing this thing. And I started doing it. And I realized when I was doing it, and it's not all, all. All places are not all the same. There are different kinds of places that you can live at and enjoy your life. And so, I went to seven places because I couldn't make a decision. Seven places. I wanted to make sure that I saw a lot of things, and then maybe I would make a decision. I'm not. Wasn't. Ha- I still wasn't decide on what I was going to do. And then I went to the place that I am now. It was the second place I went to. And me and my daughter, we looked, and she liked the second place. And I, again, I said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> of course, I changed my mind later on. And I'm happy that I did. I'm happy because all the years, I would say I've been in Arizona 16 years, and in those 16 years, I did not do nothing. I would go to work, come home, watch TV, maybe go to the movies or out to dinner. But I wasn't, you know, I, I, myself, I wasn't myself. I felt, Ugh, you know, I felt old. I felt really old. And when I moved into this place, it's a very active place. People are, are very active and I and I love it. I mean, every morning I wake up and I know I have things to do. I don't have to do them, but I can, it's my decision whether I do it or not. And I do things every single day. I go on outings every single day. I never did that before. I've always worked and come home even when I lived in Chicago. Worked and come home, worked and come home. I never did all these activities that I do so I'm in I'm enjoying my life now. I'm I'm living my life to the fullest now and I'm very very happy about it. I just can't express what a good idea it was to be able to make that change. <laughs> Until right? I made the decision it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when I, uh,
0: I'm thinking now, how old were you when your own mother died? How many years ago was it?
1: 19, 2019, when she passed away. And I'm 77 years old now. So you're good at it. What is it? Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting to think about because I wonder if she were around, how excited she would be for you right now. And you kind of stepping into this phase of your life. You know, I'm thinking about how, She wanted you to be independent. You know, you told me that she also wasn't that good at really expressing all of her emotions, but I do know, just like maybe you a little bit, she was really good at showing her grandkids that, right? And so it's interesting. And now you're really stepping into this new era and we're excited because, you know, we're, we're now convinced that you're going to live to be 109, like some of those people that uh, <laughs> live
1: at the place that you Well, in. people where I live are 109. <laughs> I know. I know.
0: Tell folks some of the things that you've been through. So you've been hit by a car when you were riding your bike, <laughs> right?
1: Um, riding your- I, I've been riding my bike six, 16 years since I lived in Arizona. Riding your bike I to work, to, and, to and from, to every it. day. Yep, and, and you were hit by And a car. I went grocery shopping. I packed my bike with groceries, a, a twenty-five pound turkey, I had on there <laughs> at one time. <laughs> I packed everything. I'm a good packer. You're a I'm a very good, good packer, packer. on a bike. And any anywhere I wanted to go, I went on my bike. Except my doctor's appointments, were, were, which really were too far. And my daughter drove me. But other than that, I was on my bicycle all over the place, all over the place. And I enjoy riding my bike. I I miss it. I miss it. But I I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. And yes, I, I was in an accident like three or four times. One The first time I was in an accident, I just started, I was working at Christmas time and I was crossing the street. I was uh, four corners walking the street and I had the bike, I was riding the bike and I was going really slow across and the lady came and turned and she didn't, I guess she, did. well, she said she didn't see me and she knocked me down and I got knocked, I fell on the ground and I was shocked and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, somebody just hit me. And I looked in the, there's nobody down the street, but most of all, I was afraid that the cars, the light was going to change and the other cars were going to hit me. So I tried and I got across the street but I was just knocked down and she came back and it happened to be a lady that I was working with and she came back and she made sure that I was okay. And I said, yes. And she wanted to drive me home and me, you know how I am. I can do it myself. And I got on my bike and I rode home. Then the other time I got hit by a car again, I was crossing a four corner thing and I had the light for me to cross. And I had looked around the corner to make sure nobody was coming around because I learned the first time, right? So I went, started across the street. And again, some lady kept whizzing around and she knocked me off my bike again. And again, it was fine. I was fine. I just got up and she was, she cried and was freaking out. And I'm telling her, I'm okay. I'm okay. Let me go. (laughs) I got things to do. (laughs) But the third time it was, it was, it was scary. The third time I was coming out of my apartment, and I was in the driveway, and I happened to live next door to Walgreens, which has a driveway. And I always looked to make sure there's no cars. I started to cross the driveway, and the next thing I knew it, I opened my eyes, and I was in an ambulance. And I said, "Uh, what am I doing here? And he said, lady, you just got hit by a car. And I said, no, she's, yeah, and I said, where's my bike? Where's my bike? So then I had a, they called my daughter and I was in the hospital. I had some fractured ribs, and that's when I found out about my heart. I have a heart that doesn't pump evenly, and that's when I found out about that because I never knew, you know, I've always had physicals and that, but that never came up. So that's another that was my uh thing thing on my bike, my adventures on my bike, and I've fallen off my bike quite a few times, like not paying attention and doing a turn and and I'd fall down so i get my knees are very very scarred <laughs> the times I've fallen off but i still i i got back up that didn't stop me. Well, know, did not, I, any of those accidents did not stop me from riding my bike.
0: And I got to say like uh that's a great legacy that you have left for all of us, which is just keep going because so you were all you also had breast cancer and had the same oh, attitude yes. so for I that. had breast
1: cancer. And you
0: pushed right and through I that. Beat that. You
1: beat that. And I'm like 20 maybe 23 or almost 25 in between their years, cancer free. I beat that. Amazing. Then I got COVID. You had COVID, and, and then I got COVID. Scared us. And that was that, that. that was horrible. Wow. I was in the hospital for 17 days, and that was really really bad. And then after I got done with COVID, I got shingles. And shingles was, I think, the worst thing that I had. All a uh, uh, cancer. Covid shingles was the pain, the most painful thing I've ever had, and I finally got over that. It took me uh, about a year to get over that. Everything came this year was the the cancer. The next year it was the COVID. The next year it was it was the shingles. But I am a determined person. <laughs> I don't feel that even if you're not feeling good or even th- you don't think you can do it, I do it. I put I push myself to the limit. And I remember when you were visiting one time, I, had, I, had, I was sick. I had like pneumonia, walking pneumonia, and I was determined to go to work. And I was determined to ride my bike. And I rode my bike, and I didn't even get halfway there. And I had to call you for, to come and get me because I, I couldn't do it. And that's the first time that I couldn't, I didn't accomplish it. It was the first time. And that was like a very big surprise. I was like, wow, I I can't do it. I can't do it. I finally broke down because I was going to push myself again. I was going to push. And I said, no, I I don't think so. (laughs) But that was the first time.
0: We don't tell you that you can't do things. That's one way to make you want to just do it is, you know, if we want to make you do something, just tell Marcy, nope, you can't do it. And then you jump right on it and do it anyway. Right. So. Yes, that's me. But it's, you know, I have to say, it's an incredible uh, kind of legacy and insight that you give us all because we watch you. I'm, I'm in awe, you know, I mean, nothing stops you. Um, You just keep going and you find I'm fascinated. You dig so deep and you just push through, you know, you, um, we're very grateful for that because it's a great example for your kids, for your grandkids that, you know, things don't have to stop you. So many people, Mars, along the way, going through a lot of things that you've gone through in life would have stopped, you know, and uh, you never did. And so seeing you in this next era and seeing you so happy and bubbly, it's it's a little strange. Everyone's kind of talking about you like, <laughs> who is this happy person that's just light? and and? But, you know, you, you've earned it. And so now you're determined to live this next you know, several decades of your life happy and, and self-improving?
1: Oh, very self-improving, very self-improving.
0: Yeah, well, final couple of questions. So if you think about some of the things that you've done, choices you've made that have had a big impact on the quality of your life, one of them I think is your decision to move to Arizona, right? To leave Chicago, leave the cold weather behind, which I hear about from you all the time and uh, (laughs) move to be near, you know, your sisters, which I know is so important to you and, and be near your family. So that was one big change that I know you made for yourself in order to live the kind of life that you wanted to live. And again, a lot of people don't do that, but you made a decision and it's how you wanted to be. It's where you wanted to be so, you made that choice. Can you think of other things that you've done either recently or a long time ago when you look back that were kind of pivotal, especially for people like me or other people, again, your kids, your grandkids, that are like just looking for advice on big decisions that maybe, um, or small ones, that really led to a, a positive change?
1: And if you don't have any, that's okay. I didn't realize you were talking about how I decided to move to Arizona. When I had cancer, All I had was, well, I had you and you and Tony, but I had my husband. But I didn't have my sisters or my brother, and that's kind of different than having your children. You know, it's different. It's a different connection because I hold family very, very close to me. No matter what they do, no matter they get on my nerves or whatever, it doesn't matter. They're still, they're still there. So I made a decision that I wanted to. Spend the rest of my life with my sisters. I learned that from my mother because my mother and her sisters were very, very close. They lived around each other. They did things together, and that's what I wanted with my sisters. So when they moved over here, I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm. Go- I made the decision that I'm. I gotta. I gotta go because again, life is short. I. I was close to death in 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 my cancer it it was horrible and i said if i'm going to die i'm going to die around my sisters i mean they're very very important to me they're very important and my and my brother was too my brother I, I say my sisters because we did we had a, a special connection and and we did a lot of stuff together my brother was kind of a loner you know and i did stuff with him too but my sisters and i are are different we are now in this stage of life everybody's got their own thing okay i got my own stage of life i'm in a different stage of life my other sister's in a different stage of life and my other sister's in a different. so we're not all we're, we're not always that togetherness anymore but i but i when we are together I, I i love it i love it i i don't spend a lot of time with them but when i do it's very very enjoyable and i Always remember, always remember, even if I'm mad at them, I'll still do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but so when I joined the family, um, one of the things that was so remarkable that I would tell everybody else about was I would say the women run. This family.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, women,
0: <laughs> the women are in charge, These these three sisters. And then as I got to know you all more, I realized that it was generational and that before you, the women ran the family. And, um, exactly. you know, we call you a lot of people. I remember telling my sister Marie who, uh, speaks fluent Spanish is herself married to a guy from Mexico with their own Mexican heritage. And mm-hmm. I was like, all the grandmothers are called Ita. And she was like, Ita, I don't get it. What could that be? And then we finally figured out that it was this diminutive from abuelita, abuela meaning grandmother and abuelita being like grandmommy. And, we thought how lovely that you all have your own way of, of really passing on this intergenerational um, Mexican women in power culture where the Itas are just in charge of everything. You know, they just are the ones that everyone has to um, not only respect, but, you know, listen to and follow and uh with we make that mind,
1: suggestions
0: make suggestions <laughs> i like it i like well sometimes you've made some pretty strong suggestions to me which i'm okay with i like it though keep giving them to me right keep giving them to me with that in mind one of the things i wanted to do was interview you and learn more about the things that you know maybe you, you forgot to tell me or forgot to tell tracy or forgot to tell any of us and so i'm just so grateful that you um spent this time with me any, any final words from you as we wrap up and kind of close out
1: Just enjoy your life every single day. When you open your eyes, be thankful that you opened your eyes.